Some men do say King Arthur is not dead, but by the will of our Lord Jesus sleeps, yet to awake, deathless, and reassure us, and therefore is it, that grave where he is laid, this legend hath, that still his kingdom keeps. Gather round all you hums of Camelot, cuz It's your boys in the back to rock the spot The podcast about Merlin season three And on the mics tonight's your Chris and Jeremy And they're here to break down every episode So leave those five stars and click that download Enjoy the show, whether you're chilling or working So let's jump into season three of Merlin, cuz Still his kingdom keeps Still his kingdom keeps Still his kingdom keeps Excalibur in the streets and magic in the sheets, huh? I am Jeremy Greer. I'm the coming of Chris Mosier. Ew. And this is still his kingdom keeps, <laughs> the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris says bad things. And we cover... They, it's the name of the episode. Yeah, but you didn't make it sound like it was the name of the episode. You made it sound hey, dirty. You made it sound like you were... What do you mean? Dirty, what did I make it sound like? Making it sound like a dirty old man joke. Like a... Like a hey! like a, you, made it, you made it sound like an inappropriate uncle. That's what you made it sound like. You made it sound like an uncle full of adolescent girls. That's what you made it sound like. Sure. Sure. Oh, sure. Uh, Yeah, we do. We we cover the TV show Merlin here, and we Mm. we talk. Chris, how are you and your dirty uncle thoughts today? I'm not not dirty at all. Clean as a whistle, brother. How are you? (laughs) Disagreeing with you is how I am right now. Uh, I'm good. I, I I feel like I'm... You need to get your mind out of the gutter, my friend. You need to get your mouth out of the fucking gutter, my friend. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, want to quickly thank all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Thank you so much. Uh, if you're still contributing, we, we really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to join, you get all kinds of cool benefits like this podcast early or access to our patron exclusive Discord server uh, where you can talk about video games with us. If that's that's not a thing that anybody wants yeah. to do at all. No, even the Nobody people ever wants even the people that, that want to talk about that. video games don't ever talk about video games with us. So uh, my body temperature went up about six degrees from all that yelling I just did. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you're not taking your shirt off right now and hollering at your I mom. Just took, I took my cardigan off. <laughs> a nice way to, way to go. Uh, yeah. Chris, do you want to tell us what's happening on on Merlin in season three? Sure thing. Last time on Merlin, Arthur and Uther both competed in a tournament that tested both their battle prowess and their pride. Meanwhile, Merlin met a young warlock named Gilly and convinced him not to be corrupted by the power of magic. Okay, short and sweet this week. I love it. We are talking about Merlin Season 3, Episode 12, The Coming of Arthur, Part 1. which is It's in the the name. Yeah, but did you notice how you didn't groan when I said it? That that means I I delivered it properly. I didn't groan when I said it either. It would have been a lot worse if I did. (laughs) I should have said it, The Coming of Chris Mojo, Part 1. Maybe that would have been. Yeah, maybe that would have been. They taped it down a little bit. Uh, This was directed by Jeremy Webb and written by Julian Jones and aired on November 27, 2010. Merlin and Arthur are sent on a dangerous mission to capture the Cup of Life, a powerful magical artifact that carries the gift of immortality. Before they can retrieve the cup, they are captured by the unscrupulous slave trader Jarl Gwen. Dude, I've been saying, I've been saying, this guy's scruples <laughs> yeah, how many, are like way out of whack. It, this implies the existence of a scrupulous slave trader, yeah, like, yeah, a sla- like, an, yeah. uh, like the an very, honorable, the very slave. scrupulous. Yeah, fuck that. Um, Gwen comes to the rescue and they escape, but with Jarl's help, mm-hmm. the cup falls into Morgoz's hands. I feel like since Merlin is leaving Netflix, these descriptions that I'm pulling have gotten worse somehow, and I don't understand yeah, how they're to... somehow getting more chaotic. Yeah. It is. I so I, I know we've we've heard from a few different people. It is on YouTube. Yep. for free. Mm-hmm. 
I started an episode earlier. I do have YouTube Premium, so I don't know if it, you have to have that in in order to do it. But I didn't have to like buy it or rent it or anything. It was just on there to watch. I think you can. I think it ha- will have ads um, on YouTube, but it will be free. So it's it's pretty okay. easy well, unless you have it's, it's the doable. YouTube. It's thing. doable. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is going to be part one of the two part finale that just uh, sets everything up to for everything to mm-hmm. climatically end in the next episode. So it's it's a little weird. Because like we don't get a lot of resolution to things, uh, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it's still really fucking enjoyable and really good. And also, Gwen is here for the first time in what feels like months. For, yeah, for half a second, I just realized, oh, we didn't see her last week. I don't remember if we saw her the week prior to that. Whatever the episode was that she was being about to be executed, she got a lot of screen time on that. But regardless, we didn't see her last week, and that felt like a lot. It yeah. felt like a lot for her to be gone. I think it was because we took a break more than anything, but True. it could be True. could be anything. Um, but uh, this episode, I I really liked it, and as I was going through it, there was some certain scene where the you know the three boys are trucking through the woods, and Arthur's hurt. They've all got their swords, and I just thought if I saw this show when I was ten years old, it would be my favorite show in the whole world, and I like it a lot as a 32 year old man but if i was 10 this would be like my lord of the rings like i just was yeah i just had this brief moment of of, of deep appreciation for for what merlin is and it, just this one random nothing scene we talked about it at the when we started the podcast uh but it it feels like coming back to merlin after watching um like what happened to fantasy series in general after game of thrones become so popular and mainstream and how everything was like super grim or dark or adult and everybody's saying the word fuck everybody's fucking their brothers or their sisters or like a demon or something like it's it was just a lot in fantasy for a while and it's kind of stayed that way so circling back around to something like merlin which is so wholesome while still like giving you that sense of adventure and that sense of peril like that lord of the rings does so well and like a really classic fantasy does i think it's just really really good like it's just the whole time i watch i'm like this is great like i'm just on a like a i'm on a ride and i'm having fun yeah and it's hard it's hard to think of a show like this making it today we have plenty of fantasy shows on like netflix and streaming services feels like everything gets canceled um so this is this is just a unique thing and and it's I'm glad that it exists. Shall we talk about it? It's um I, I do want to say like cuz I've watched a bunch of the fantasy stuff that's out there and um some of it is just so it's just so really ruthlessly generic. Like all of the edges are filed off of it to to make it completely palatable uh that they they forget to like put any kind of heart into it. Um right. a great example of this I think is Wednesday, which is a show that I love that's just on that just came out on Netflix. Uh, I'm I, I have a huge appreciation for um, the Adams family in general, uh, but like there's a very specific like party that they go to, and they're just playing like generic pop music. And I'm like, you guys had the opportunity to do something really cool here. Like this is a school mm-hmm. for outcasts. Mm-hmm. Like you guys should have like leaned into it, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, and it's stuff like that. I think is where a lot of modern fantasy misses for me. Um, like that, there's that like Nyx saga on Netflix, and like mm-hmm. I don't know, like try to remember a thing that happened in the first season. <laughs> try to remember if you've seen it, <laughs> or if you're confusing it with three other shows. I dare you. So. Right, right. I don't know why right. I'm still talking, Chris. You should probably tell me about the episode now. We start off with some some knights, uh, some knights of Camelot, and they're absolutely decimated. They are they are in tough condition, including when the camera stops on the face of none other than Sir Leon. Um, and it appears that he is uh, dead, fully dead. And then from there, we cut over to seeing Arthur back in Camelot, and he's telling Uther about this. I don't think Arthur was there, but he got the report that yeah. supposedly the Knights of Camelot 
got too close to Senred's territory and he wiped out this patrol unit. Um, and it's just, it was just, that's just Senred's excuse. Um, Arthur, before <laughs> Arthur we... lists out the knights that, that died and he's like, and it was Olgar and Namor and like, everyone's like, Oh no, oh, no. And I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> you've never, you've never named. Mm. And then he gets to the end and says Leon and everybody freaks out. Even Uther is like, are you fucking Uther's serious? like, I know that name. I know that name. I've heard of it. He's not Leon. merely a peasant to me, <laughs> <laughs> but I cannot <laughs> picture his face. His, his face is just that a, rings a bell. white area with points on the outside. Um, yes, father. <laughs> We go back to the forest. <laughs> the very same. <laughs> we uh, we go back to the forest, and I know that these are druids, and they're like gonna come and save Leon. Uh, but like, I don't know what the direction was to have them like hopping around like little fucking weirdos going to the corpses. It was very strange. Uh, but yeah, that's what they do. Sort of like Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's a really weird like directional choice to have <laughs> them like Ewoking their way through a fucking you know battlefield uh, until they find uh, Leon, who is magically still alive. They pick him up, drag him back to the Druid Cave. Uh, they start doing a big old chant, which is always fun. They bring out a golden cup, uh, which you and I are supposed to know is the Cup of Life, which we thought yes. we saw destroyed at the end of like season one, I think. like This was the cup. I'm pretty that, sure I thought that that thing got hit by a lightning bolt, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it was also silver at the time. So if you missed this, <laughs> like there's a reason. Because yes. this is very gold now. I don't know if that's what lightning does to yeah. silver. Probably. Was, that this, sounds like you know, science. It's been reforged, like the shards of Narsil, into yes. a golden version. Absolutely, yes. Um, they bring it out. They give him a little bit of water from it, and oh, hey, he's he's all the way healed. He even he's like, oh, damn, that was sick. Thanks. He does. He even does the <laughs> healing thing that I always really appreciate, uh, which is where all of the blood that he bled disappears. So not not only yeah. does the wound close, yeah. it also like wipes his face for, which is always very magical. Yeah, and fun. I, I you know I want to see these people really soaked in, in sweat and blood and dirt. Yeah, and then just being very confused about it, you know. Yeah, not and not really understanding why. Um, from here we go uh, back to Camelot, where Leon has yeah, arrived. Leon has arrived home. We got our little intro. Leon arrives home, uh, and he just tells Uther and Arthur that the druids healed him, which I was surprised that he brought that up. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's 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 loyal, so he's just going to tell him what happened. They said they 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 used some sort of chalice i had him drink from it he wasn't sure if it was magic but like he was pretty close to death so it was probably magic um and he doesn't show any like he's not trying to like throw the druids under the uh, under the rug he says that he's you know uh thankful for it but um under the bus not under the rug um, <laughs> i was i, mean, I was gonna let you roll course, with it i don't think it matters so. <laughs> as soon as uther hears anything about this he starts acting up and i wonder if it wasn't because of the history of this cup, how Uther would have reacted. Would he have been like, well, there's Senred's problem. I'm just happy that you're you're back. Whatever. We'll forget that part of it. But because of the way that the cup is described, he has a feeling he knows what it is. And so he has a reaction. Yeah. Um, also having a reaction is Morgana, who is watching this from the background and very interested in any kind of magical artifact she can get her hand on. Um yeah. Guys, uh, checks out Leon um, and just pronounces him okay besides being super tired and dehydrated. And when he leaves the Leon, presumably Leon's room, I don't know. I don't know if they they just set him up because I don't think that Uther allows peasant like knights I, to, to I kept save the castle. This was like Arthur's room yeah. for some reason. <laughs> um, like they just put him in Arthur's bed. Arthur's like, all right, I guess that's that's happening. All right. Uh, Uther catches up with Gaius in the hallway and asks him about the cup. And Gaius confirms that yeah, this is probably the cup of life. Um, and 
we should probably just let the druids have it. Like, they've had it this whole time. They're super peaceful. But, of course, Uther, like, can't let any magic stuff be out there on its own. Um, and he justifies this by saying, well, this is, they're in Sinred's territory, which gives him this, the, the possibility of capturing this thing, and that would be terrible. Uh, and he completely ignores all of Gaius's warnings to that, um, which is typical Uther fashion, I think. Like, the Uther just doesn't typical want to listen to Uther. anybody. Yeah. Uh, if we had just been chill about it, none of this would have happened. But of course, then we wouldn't have a television show. Yeah, um, if you think about it, so, if the Druids hadn't saved Leon, none of this would have ever happened. So it's really true, the it's really the Druids' fault. Um, <laughs> uh, after after this conversation, uh, Merlin and Gaius are back at the lab, and they discuss the cup because Merlin is like, "I'm pretty sure that the cup we're describing was struck by lightning <laughs> in my battle with Nimoy." But uh, it seems that it still exists. And then Gaius explains how this cup was used in the past by a warlord who used it, the cup to create an, an immortal army. So that would be um, a big problem, big problem if that were to yeah, happen. Yeah. Uther's like, I, I, really, I think most of our knights are pretty good. None of them are good against immortality. Like, we haven't really trained yeah. for that yeah. kind of fight. And I think with this, with this tidbit, I think it gives me a newfound appreciation um for for Nimue and the fact that she was able to maintain a little bit of um you know restraint <laughs> with this cup because all she did was just sort of mess around yeah yeah she was just fucking around out there she wasn't even really like she didn't have a whole lot of like long-term plans besides kill Arthur Ar- which again I mean it does illustrate that you know she wasn't evil she just she had her yeah. her reasons for doing the things she, she just did. wanted but Uther dead, dead which, so forget her <laughs> yeah which just you know most people want Uther dead I think I think that's a common yeah. situation true true uh Arthur meets up with Uther in a different hallway. There's a lot of hallway chat in this episode. Uh, and mm, Uther mm. orders him to go seek out the cup in secret, tell nobody. Unfortunately, Morgana is safely tucked away behind the curtain that she hangs out in and was, is able to overhear all of this. That that episode one joke has really it's paid It's really off. fucking paid off, man. She's just been behind a curtain in most episodes. Um, we go to Arthur's room where he has, he has ordered... Merlin to pack, and Merlin is growing very frustrated because he doesn't know what to pack for. So he packed for the wet, mm-hmm. the dry, the hot, the cold. And Arthur is like, it's a secret. And, and Merlin's like, if I have, to, if you have to tell me, you're going to kill me. And uh, Arthur has this just straight faced immediately and without hesitation. It was like, oh, okay, cool. Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, I mean, we know where they're going. Merlin doesn't know where they're going. Also, he's asking all these questions about the weather. Brother, Arthur's not a meteorologist, okay? Um, <laughs> he doesn't know. Then we see... Also, uh, also, Sinrid's territory is a mile away. Just look out the window. Like, if it's going to rain, you, Sinrid's, it's going to rain yeah, in Camelot, my dude. <laughs> right. It's not, you can't get that far on foot. So, um, <laughs> later that night, we see Morgana meeting up with Morgos. She's clearly called to her, uh, and she fills Morgos in on the situation with arthur um on the search for this alleged cup of life and morgos is like freaking out she's like this is a grail for me like i've been trying to get this sucker for a long time for my collection (laughs) morgana says what's a grail i don't understand the reference well we use it it's like when you when you uh, we're not christian uh, like we're not we we haven't really worked that out yet so if you can just well you know (laughs) just just give it another hundred years it'll be legend okay okay Um, they She's like, you know, it would be pretty freaking sweet if we had this cup because we could take down Camelot with it. Yeah. Um, and so we'll have to get Senra to fo- have somebody follow Arthur um, so Arthur can just lead us straight there. 
Again, they maybe Leon should be involved because he would have a better idea of where to go. He's but he's too tired and thirsty. Leon, uh, Leon was pronounced tired and thirsty, so he has to he has he to was stay pronounced home. Tired at the scene. <laughs> he was um, pronounced tired. He's asleep and in Arthur's bed. In that scene where Merlin and Arthur are like packing their bags, if you look over to the side, you can see he's Leon just right. This Leon's just right there. Bed. Yeah. Um, we see Morgana the next day, uh, watching as Arthur and Merlin set out on their adventure. Um, and we get some really cool adventure music as they travel through the forest. I like this mm-hmm. a lot. It's just a, it's like a, you know, they're, they're taking the hobbits to Isengard type situation. Yeah. Um, they go through a bunch of tree stuff. Uh, they, uh-oh, I've lost it. Then we go over to, we see some Sinred spies that have seen them leave. So they go to report back to Sinred. How small is this forest? Dude, like they found them immediately. It's, it's, I was watching a Bob's Burgers last night, and it's the episode where they go to Florida, and the kids are trying to find like some lady's cat to or dog to win like a hundred bucks, and he's like, and she's like, he went oh, to yeah. the forest, and they just go and like twelve steps later, they're on the other side of the forest. <laughs> it's every, yeah. every <laughs> single forest in Camelot is just a strip of vegetation. It's just a, yeah, some strip of trees between two backyards. We're also watching Bob's right now. We're in season ten. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, so these guys immediately are are on the trail. Uh, then we see more ghosts over with Senred, and this is where I think we start to see that the power dynamic is shifting. Uh, I don't think that Senred has ever necessarily had power over her, but they've at least seemed like they were on even footing. And now this is where more ghost starts to kind of exert some of her power because, yeah, you're a king, but she's an extremely powerful magic user, yeah. and and she has the advantage here. And she, you know, he says that you know he's gonna. He, that we can trust my spies, we're going to pick him up, um, and, you know, he wants the throne, and she says, no, 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 that's not, that belongs to Morgana, and he's like, well, I just, I just want the spoils, and then she kind of, like, threateningly hints, like, you'll get what you, you could deserve, you, you'll get what you deserve, yeah. Sinrid. Yeah. Um, Merlin is guessing where they're going, uh, having just straight up guessed that they're going to Sinrid's territory, and uh, Arthur is like, no, no, we're not, definitely not, uh, and Merlin starts like doing actuarial tables about how he's going to die. <laughs> like, well, 40 men died, and only one survived, <laughs> so I guess that means I have like a 1 in 40 chance, and Arthur's like, well, there's two of us. He's like, okay, so there goes that one. <laughs> like, it's really yeah. funny. And then just... And as Arthur's being like, no, it's fine, he takes a, a like a two-foot-long dart to the neck and immediately passes out. <laughs> I gotta say, of all of the brigands that we've seen Charles uh dark guys are extremely great at this because normally brigands jump out and are like booga 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 and everyone's yeah. like i've got a no. sword and it's fight These fight guys fight struck from the darkness the yeah supposed they didn't even to. see this fucking coming dude they just immediately passed yeah. out uh and they they wake up um in a the bottom of a hole uh they're in the, like a pit and uh arthur is slapping merlin to get him to wake up and as he finally does and stands up, somebody grabs a hold of Arthur and Arthur shakes him off angrily before realizing it's our friend Gwen. Uh, and Gwen says they have been trapped by the slave, the unscrupulous slave trader <laughs> named Jaw. Yeah. yeah, dude, the scruples of this man, Mm-mm. they're not, they're no, not no, what no. they should be. You better be careful about that slave trader. He might rob you. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh! Uh, yeah, that's like that'd be the least of my worries. That slave but... trader may, uh, may may ch- overcharge you for an oil change. God, you better watch oh. out. Is he also going to sell me into slavery? Well, yeah, of course, that's absolutely true. Because well, then I'm not that worried about the oil change. Well, you should, I mean, do you, do you really want to pay extra? Like, I don't think that you do. Well, no, I don't. I mean, I guess yeah. if you put it that way, I don't yeah. know. But that's why you only go to the scrupulous slave trailers and slave tra- sure, slave traders. Sure, sure, sure. All right. Uh. 
Um, we, um, yeah, all right. They're all in prison. Hurrah. Yes. Uh, Jaw shows up. He wants a volunteer to fight his champion. Uh, of course, nobody volunteers, so he picks Merlin. Yeah. Uh, we get out. Arthur gets out of the situation by saying, uh, who is this champion of yours? Can he only fight weakling, weaklings like this? Which get, gets him a look from Merlin that's very funny. Yeah, Merlin's like, what the fuck? Uh, and then, of course, Arthur is the is going to be the one to pick to fight the champion. And the champion, surprise, is Gwen. Yeah, Gwen, before he's trying to be like, stop, don't stop. <laughs> and then, of course, yeah, he's, he's the champion. So then these two will have to fight. Um, and yeah, that's going to be interesting. I love that Berlin is like, we're in the middle of this huge plot. The, the cup of life is in play. It could, it could mean life or death to Camelot. It could put Arthur on the throne. There's all of these big ideas shooting back and forth. And then they're like, what if Gwen and Arthur had to fight? It's like, it's, (laughs) it's, it's one step above the one bed trope, right? Like where they, 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 they both get captured by a scrupulous slave trader and there's only one cell. So they have to both sleep in this. I think that this is, this is why. Merlin has such a strong fandom because you think of these ideas for your fan fiction and Merlin just goes like, like about 50% of those things we're just going to do in the show. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so now they have to sword fight. Sword fight time. Uh, before we do that, we go back over to Morgos, uh, who has found out that Arthur and Merlin have been taken by Jal uh, and Sinred, and she wants Sinred to get them back. Um, and it's, again, just going back to your point of she's just kind of becoming a little bit more aggro than usual on Sinred. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we, she's um, exerting her will. We go to the fight where Jaw sets the rules of the fight. It's much, much like uh, just an average tournament in <laughs> Camelot where one man lives yeah. and one man dies. And if they can't kill each other, then the, both of them will be dead. I'm pretty sure that's the October tournament in Camelot. Uh, yeah. At le- at, yes. I, I think we actually just did one of these. Yeah, absolutely. In the last episode. Yeah. Uh, he tosses some swords. They pick it up. Uh, they start swinging. It becomes very apparent that, like, at first that they're faking for some sort of plan. Uh, but when Arthur's sword is knocked from his hand and he says, you know, hey, you know, ease up. Going's like, well, no, we have to make it look real. And that's when Arthur gets mad and becomes a real fight for a brief sign. And they're just mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. sword fighting each other. And it's great. And at one point, they just end up collapsed on top of each other. Um but at this point, they're both like, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to get out of this? Uh, and that's when Jarl starts getting a little bit frustrated. And he's like, kill him. What are you doing? What? Come on. And and as they're reaching this, this sort of point of no return, thankfully, we've got a wizard in our back pocket because Merlin does a little fire, sets the chandelier on fire or something. He causes some chaos. Uh, and they are, the three of them, all able to escape in, in the uh, ensuing madness. Yes. Uh, they escape into the forest. Gwen wonders what Arthur did to end up in this hold. And Merlin's like, oh yeah, we didn't really do anything. We're looking for the cup of life. Uh, and Arthur just hits him on the back of the head, which is one of my favorite Arthur moods. I know you're not really supposed to hit someone on the back of the head, but sometimes Merlin kind of deserves it. (laughs) Sometimes you just gotta give him a little smack. Sometimes, I mean. mean, He's not not a baby. His skull is fully formed. He can take it. It's all right. He's like a CRT TV. Sometimes you just gotta apply the percussive maintenance. Sometimes you just gotta smack the CRT, okay? I'm just saying. (laughs) You just gotta smack him to get all the lines straight. To put the two back in order. And that's what we gotta do with Merlin, okay? We wouldn't do it to just anybody, but he's a wizard, all right? (laughs) He's a wizard aka the crt monitor um, yes yes there's got to be a soundcloud rapper named crt monitor by now probably right that's that's a thing absolutely absolutely um 
Jaw is super angry and demands that they be found. Uh, he searches through... He's ducking pussed, as my autocorrect said. Perfect. I love it. Uh, he searches through their bags and discovers a, a secret compartment filled with uh, Camelot gold and inside a letter, which they never really read to us, but I guess it's presumably it just, like... It's probably like Arthur's ID. It's like, I am Arthur Pendragon. <laughs> I'm the Prince of Camelot. My dad is Uther Pendragon. Um, there's a little drawing of him in there. Yeah, yeah. No Gwen's yeah. allowed. Here are all my favorite oh. things. My favorite color is red. What if what my if this was literally is just egg. Morgana Zine, like her latest issue that, that Merlin had snuck along? It's, 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 like, she I'm slips re- it in. She always slips it she's in. She always slips one in. She, that's why she was watching him leave. She's like, I, I bet they got that. I bet they're gonna get that zine. Yeah. It's gonna be perfect. They're gonna be campfire. lonely on the trail, and Arthur's gonna go dig it through his bag. And what is he gonna find? Oh, how did this get in here? If it, if the choice is between reading Morgana Zine and listening to Merlin learn the flute at the campfire, I can tell you what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell you exactly you what I'm doing. You take the girl out of the zine, but you take, can't take the zine out of the Absolutely. girl. You know what I mean? No matter how evil. No matter gets, how much she changes. That, that zine is always going to be there. Um, so he this confirms to, to Jaw that he was this he had Arthur. Um, so he goes to uh, Sinred and Margos and tells them, like, hey, this is what happened. Um, mm. Just wanted to let you guys know because this seems more like a you guys thing. Uh, I'm an unscrupulous slave trader, as everybody knows. So, like, I've got to go, I don't know, rob some poor kids. I don't, I don't know what I'm really doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what this guy gets up to out in the woods. <laughs> Margot's an unscrupulous... I mean, slaving, apparently. An unscrupulous but... slave trader, you say. <laughs> huh, I think I have yeah. a use for a man huh. like you. Interesting. Uh, um, Interesting. But she gets really pissed because he asked for a reward, so she kills him? Did he? Did she just yes. murder him? Right. She here? kills him. Yeah. She just kills him. R.I.P. Yeah. I don't remember what she. I didn't write it down. I wrote down Morgos. Morgos kills him. She like I didn't blast him, him and method. he like flies through the the air and like hits a wall. But like he's obviously very dead on the other side. Despite me seeing, yeah. him. she turned all his bones to dust. <laughs> Got it. Kinetic fury. Ah, uh, which um, I wish when we saw like wizard fights in popular media that instead of uh-huh. like the two beams shooting at one another from the staff, like it was stuff like that. Like, it was just yeah. like, oh, I'm going to turn all of the air around you into liquid, and then you're going to drown unless you get away from it oh, real fast. That's fucked up. Right? I like that. Yeah. Um, but you know who else also thinks that this is fucked up is Senred, because he smirks at more ghosts after when it's all said and done, but you can tell this man is nervous. <laughs> <He's> like, <"Who laughs> at I? least to me, it looked as if Senred was very nervous as Uh-oh. he smiled, because he knows, like, oh, shit, she could turn my bones to dust. She could turn all of my air into water, and I could drown. He's probably, like, leaning over to his, his like, right-hand man. It's like, hey, do you remember, did I tell her that I would give her a baby? Because I'm thinking, I'm just really hoping I didn't say that I would give her a baby, because that would seem like I would be tied to her for a long time and i feel like i'm about to ready to cut ties with the crazy sorceress we need to maybe we could just let her have the castle <laughs> we can just I like leave. my bones the way they are i don't want my bones to be air or dust i do not want either of these things to happen so let's go um meanwhile uh our trio is walking through the woods uh, arthur and Gwen are kind of teasing each other about who won the fight before berlin interrupts them to say neither of them won they just got super lucky with the fire uh, and that's when they find the cave that they were looking for, which looks like every other cave, but kind of druidy, I guess. Yeah, it's um, a little bit druidy. It's got like a trinket or two hanging around. And like Arthur walks in, doesn't see anybody, finds a child, and then just start like uh-huh. shaking this poor child and like, tell me where the cup is. And the, cu- and the cu- poor kid is just like... I don't know ah. what the fuck you're talking. I can't. I, I don't dr- even speak English. I don't speak English. I speak Druid, my man. Like I don't know what you're talking about right now. And then when like the Druids show up and the main Druid guy is like Arthur, 
you gotta let that kid go and he's and arthur like pulls the kid to him and like holds the sword up to his neck and it's like that before i get the cup and i'm like what in the fuck arthur yeah this like, arthur you were very much misreading this whole uh situation again this is uther right this is uther yeah. coming through uther's so strongly prejudiced against these people that arthur just assumes that he's gonna be ready to fight but they're like nah dude can you fucking chill like we're basically hippies <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you gotta relax also here's the cup you can just have it like it, you're, it's very dangerous but you could just have it here take it and they just hand it to him and arthur's like oh okay cool see you guys later oh, um sorry about the threatening <laughs> sorry. to murder this kid yeah yeah i guess you could call me an unscrupulous king i wasn't gonna murder him yeah i just want that to be clear i'm not i'm a, I'm, i might have scraped his neck a little bit <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna kill the child but i am not above threatening the child's life to to get my way yeah um yeah. as they're leaving the druid mind chats with uh merlin and says uh Emerus, you need to guard this well the future of this land depends on it it's in your hands now uh which is very funny because within no pressure though i would <laughs> within like an hour he's lost it it's just gone in the next hour yeah. <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> so good they're not they're not 15 <clears throat> minutes out when that thing is taken um like literally like they head back on their way home and then soon we see Sedred's men following them uh and then they're attacked and they immediately they try to flee they're not trying to fight back um but arthur takes a bolt to the leg and that takes him down and while merlin uses magic to try and stop the attacker the cup rolls away perfectly down a hill and like bounces directly into these guys hands and they go for the um for the the, the the goal there and they and they get away yeah they leave uh <clears throat> later Gwen and merlin are like checking the wound and arthur is super sick so we, we're assuming that the bolt has been poisoned uh Gwen is like hey where's the cup what is even this cup and merlin's like this cup is bad fucking news i struck it by lightning it turned gold it can make people immortal you don't even want to know and Gwen is like this is out of my pay raise i am i am strictly yeah. tavern business only <laughs> You could just stop telling me now. I'm sorry. I asked. didn't want to know. I will continue to help, but I don't want to know. Um, Save me from asking questions in the future, my good friend Merlin. Just tell me that this. Please. Just remind me of this conversation, and I will never ask you another question again. Um, but uh, okay, so that night, I don't know if it's at nighttime. I'm just adding that to paint a picture in your mind. Senred and more ghosts are giving a speech to their men about becoming immortal. Hey guys, hope you're happy with how things are now, because they're going to be that way forever. Um, you know, there's the one guy with IBS who's like forever. Um, <laughs> this makes you immortal. It doesn't cure all your ails. God, imagine, but, um, imagine if a vampire. I think we've talked about this before. Autumn and I talk about yeah. this all the time. Of like the vampire approaches you right now, and you're like, hey, can I just real quick go get a mani pedi? <laughs> like that? Can you? Yeah, let me do can, something, can we just dude. Table this, and I'll go do like five miles on the machine, and then like it's not gonna make. Like if if vampirism isn't giving me a six pack, then you got to give me six to eight months, dude. I can't <laughs> live like this forever. You mean forever? Like I can do another thirty like this. Forever? What are you talking forever? Yeah, you gotta let me hit the gym, brother. Yeah, yeah. Like, come back and like, get, let me get on a program, and I'll I'll, I'll stop yeah. drinking. Like, we'll, we'll we'll cut out the beers. I know that's my problem. Uh, we'll go. We'll start doing a lot of cardio. We'll do some lift. We'll do some deadlifts, and then you come back, and I'll be the buff vampire that you obviously want me to be. Come on, please, please, <laughs> please, Lestat, uh, please, 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 Lestat. <laughs> you can lock me in your basement. Just get me on the keto diet. Get me a treadmill in there, and then in a couple months, make me a vampire. Come yeah, on, yeah. I'll hang out win. with your with your weird vampire daughter. I'll take care of her. I, I'm assuming dude, that you I'll need show, to. Dude, I'll literally babysit, dude. I literally will babysit for free. Yeah, I love I'll the name Claudia. I'll make her mac Claudia. and cheese and stuff. Kids love that. Yeah, we'll like we'll do blood mac and cheese. I'll put a little ketchup on there. She'll never know the difference. It's, she'll, she'll be right into that. She'll tuck so right this into is, it. This is one of Senred's men pleading with more ghosts. <laughs> who's just like, uh-uh. Pleading it's with the vampire Lestat. Yeah. Um, 
this yes, guy it- have a crisis because he's just started going bald and he's like no oh man why couldn't we do this like three weeks ago that was no. great three weeks ago <laughs> i uh. shaved my head is it i it was trying to out something new but i'm normally a long hair guy come on <laughs> i don't want to i've got peach fuzz on my on my, on my skull cap man i'm gonna have to be wearing wigs forever i just I shaved my this. mustache i was trying out a new look but i need the mustache it's my whole thing I look I look like a baby right now. This is terrible. I look like a baby. Um she begins to cast the spell. This is actually an extremely cool scene. Uh, we're we're making Yeah, we're I was expecting her to like fill the cup with um with water or and then enchant it and then everybody was going to sip from it. But no, it's different and it must take forever because she does a little spell <laughs> on it and then she has everybody come up and bleed into the cup, which is way more metal than drinking from it. Yeah. And and Gaius told us this, right? Like Gaius told us this earlier in the episode. Like that's how the well, ancient I wasn't warrior, listening. <laughs> warrior that's how he made his army immortal immortal. Except he said that they took a drop of his blood. Morgos obviously wants more than that because she does the palm slice, classic supernatural palm slice, and like yep. there's a lot yep. of blood in there. And you're right, this would take a long time. They've got a lot of guys to go through. A lot of immortal dudes to be made. Um, a lot of immortal guys. Some you know some people in the back like really having second thoughts by the time they get up there. If you're first in line, you go like oh, well, all right, this is happening. There's no time to think about it, you know? You got yeah. you got uh, eternity to think about it. But you're in the back of the line and you know, forty eight hours later they're finally moving up to you. You're tired, you're achy, you're hungry. You're like, I don't know about this anymore, man. I've been in line for forty eight hours. I'm thinking about changing my life, you know? Yeah, yeah. This I feel like I should be a tailor. Like, like can I, I like yeah, I'm really I'm really trying to grow this mustache back, but it's you know, there's only not, so much force this, of will can do. Hey, does that does that uh, goblet do mustaches as well as immortality? Can you is it is it kind of like a That's how like she's car- comforting that's how she's comforting them. Yes, it does mustaches. Yes it does mustaches. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, all right. If well, t- all right. Cool. No, no big deal. Yeah, slice me open. Every time you get turned into a vampire, um, you, you just get the, what the equivalent of like a character creation screen in a video game, and you just get to make over your I whole think body. That's how it should be. Yeah, in I this think it's so too. Weird reality where you could get turned into a vampire. <laughs> um, we go back to Camelot. Not sure where, like Nosferatu, you know. Anyway, where Uther is um stressing out because uh, Arthur isn't there. He orders Leon to take some knights and go find him. Uh, Morgana is doing her like backstabbing kind of like compliment stuff where she tells him he has great strength uh, for sending his son out to do battle uh, and reassures him that Arthur will be home safe. And of course, Arthur is under her spell completely at this point. Um, Not literally, but just under her spell in general. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's like, yep, you're right. He's going to be fine. No problem. Uh, Meanwhile, in the forest, problems uh fire's getting low arthur hasn't woke up yet merlin is like hey we need firewood and Gwen's like then go get that shit homie <laughs> I'm, I'm, i don't know what to tell you um, this seems so weird because he's like but there's like wolves and boars out there like i'd get i'd get killed he's like yeah that's why i'm not going either and then Gwen's like i'm just fucking with you man and then he goes and gets the wood <laughs> i love Gwen so much like, why why were you fucking with me it's so good. Like I'm in under this, a lot of stress right now. In this moment, going is like, I got goofs. Let's 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 rock this. Um, um, I mean, I love it. I love it. But it, it, he, it is funny. He goes off to get wood, which gives Merlin the chance to do some uh, some magic healing. Uh, but unfortunately, it does not work. Um, we we go back over to Sinred, who is watching from his castle walls as his like uh, huge number of bo- of guys are marching out. Everyone armed with a torch for some reason, and he's like, Yo, more ghosts. This is a fucking awesome army that I have. Look at my army. And of course, this is the final straw for Magos. He's like, your army? We, I just did a whole spell. Like, I stayed out there for like two days. I cut a guy's ingrown toenail off because I didn't want him to have it on the battlefield. Like, these are all my guys now. And he's like, no, they're not. Like, they'll they, nobody will ever cross me. And she's like, yeah, they will. And she he, she just well. orders one of, his, one of his own dudes to attack him. And the dude just fucking kills Sinred. Just bam, yeah. done. Yeah. 
she says something cool like, did I not tell you that when I threatened you, you'd know about it? When that yeah. Boom. Boom. R.I.P. Sinred, a villain that didn't never really work for me at all. Yeah, they did nothing with him. He was just like, he was just always hanging out in a chair. And because his schemes were so personal, he was kidnapping Gwen, he was kidnapping Arthur, he was just kidnapping people. He just never seemed like a threat. Like, the best you can do is kidnap one guy. Yeah. Like, you're just, you're not posing a real, like, you should be showing up at our door with a dragon, you know, with something really aggressive. You know, it was more ghosts who sent the skeleton army before, and those came from inside Camelot. So, ja- you know, Jaw in this episode is, is more intimidating than Sinred is, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I just, yeah. you just, I just never, I think it's because I just, and I'm sorry to say this, like, I, I don't particularly like Tom Ellis that much. Like, I just, mm. I think he's just like a generic pretty area, and um, I've just never been, like, attuned to any of his acting or anything. Like, I've never really enjoyed anything I've seen him in, so uh, he just didn't do it for me. So, yeah, R.I.P. Sinred. Uh, meanwhile, Sir Leon and the rest of the patrol see the army coming back to Camelot, uh, but as they run back, they uh, are accosted by Sinred's army. Uh, Leon manages to do a cool move and take one down off the horse and, and just to, like kill a second guy. But of course, this dude is immortal, so when he does, he yeah. makes the the mortal blow, he just shrugs it right off. And then Leon, in a very hilarious fashion, turns and runs. Like I love this. Yeah, I love this yeah. so much. <laughs> I just, I, lo- I like to imagine the guy getting knocked off the horse and just be like. Oh wait, no! Oh, I'm yeah. Fine. I'm good. yeah, yeah. I'm this good. is all yes. good. Yeah, we're this good. is fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. Woo, <laughs> I'm gonna... you, scared, you scared me. This is <laughs> gonna take some getting used to. Huh? A bit there, but I'm fine. How how long do you think it takes before like one of these dudes just starts, or multiple of these dudes just start trying to kill themselves in the most dramatic way possible, it's, like oh, Groundhog it's Day? Absolutely, absolutely gonna happen soon. But yeah, that guy was like, "Oh, it scared me more than it hurt me." Whoa! Hey, this is okay. All right, I'm good. I'm good though. Let's let's kill this guy. Uh, Arthur wakes up. Uh, with his mind immediately on the cup, demanding to know where it is. And they're like, the Sin Red's army got it. He's like, well, why are we still here? And, and Merlin's like, because you were unconscious and we didn't yeah. know what to do with you. And of course, uh, Arthur's not hearing that. He just has always an excuse. Um, Leon has made it to Camelot, where he tells Uther about the, the approaching army and the immortality. Uh, Uther begins to kind of freak the fuck out a little bit, uh, while Morgana in the background alternates between like a very concerned and, and serious face and just fucking smirking at everybody left and right. And like, I love you gotta it. You got to keep it together. You got to keep love it together, it. Morgana. God, I just, I love Morgana so much in this. She's so fucking great. She just um, can't hide the glee that she feels. <laughs> Morgana, uh, a lot of people are going to die. Stop. <laughs> Uther is like, Gaius, how do you think that uh, Sinred found out about the, the cup of life? And Gaius is like, we live a mile oh. from him. He probably just heard you talking about it from he your probably keep. heard you talking loudly <laughs> outdoors. Um, I can no, hear Gaius you snoring and you won't let me stay in the castle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they must have a traitor, Gaius suggests. <laughs> Meanwhile, Morgan is smiling from ear to ear. Fucking... She's in full, dude. She's gone full Joker mode. It's fucking awesome, dude. I love it so much. Uh, just gonna start photoshopping Morgana and my and, the, and all of the weird Joker quotes that I get from now on. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I think people did that in the server already. Actually, I think Tom the Octopus Probably. was doing some of that stuff at some point, but uh, uh, it's hard to keep up. Anyway, did you see the that tweet from the weekend, the recording artist, the weekend? from like 2012 that's been going around and he, where he says, I'm kind of like the Joker of my city. <laughs> you know, in 2012, that is a straight-faced thing he tweeted. That was a very serious thing that he was saying. That's that's very weird. 
I have a weird opinion about The Weeknd because I don't know a lot of his music. And like I've only like the most I've ever seen of The Weeknd is in that Adam Sandler movie, Uncut Gems, um, which is like the most stressful movie. Like the movie is basically an hour and a half long anxiety attack. And I, I just it's just a different like like I just didn't expect The Weeknd to be anything like that. He's just very stressed yeah. in that whole movie. Everybody's very stressed <laughs> in that movie. So, um. All of the knights are beginning to get ready. Uh, they're they're lining up in the square as Uther watches from the window. We get like some classic Leon and the boys suiting up. Uh, uh, Gwen is staring out the window. This is our brief Gwen cameo, and uh, Morgana finds her. And Gwen is like, "Oh my God! Like they're going to come in. They're going to kill everybody." And Morgana. Um, tipping her hand a little bit because I don't think that she knows that Gwen knows that she's bad just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, mm-hmm. I think she must think it a little bit because she goes, hey, not everybody has to die. Those who do not resist will have a future here. Um, and I wouldn't be able to resist this this face at all. I'd be like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Whatever. This, this is like, this. It's it's a very interesting moment, actually. It is the first time that she is is tipping her hand like you said to someone on purpose yes merlin of course has seen this but that's you know a different situation this is such an interesting thing she's finally turning like openly turning and i think that's so interesting and it's this subtle little thing to just to gwen i mean it's not that subtle but it's a small thing uh and it's i kind of love it it's really you know as the viewer like okay this is happening. Like we're going now. Like things are about to change forever. Absolutely. And and Gwen, who knows that Morgana is bad, pretends and is like, Morgana, I've always been loyal to because, you. Because she only knows she's bad because she can't keep that damn smile off her face. <laughs> because she keeps seeing her smirk in the corner. Yeah. Um but she says, I'll always be loyal to you. And then they hug. And of course, uh, when they hug, we get another Morgana smile. And then we get like a concerned Gwen on the other side. Yeah, because um, Gwen knows. Gwen's, Gwen's, Gwen's Gwen knows what's up. Uh, the trio on their way back to Camelot find a Bernie village. They pass a bunch of dead knights. Arthur is like, I can't believe Sinred's army is responsible. Uh, and the thing that we're noticing about Arthur is that his, his wound is not healing. He's not getting any better. In fact, he's limping more uh, dramatically than he was before. Um, and as they arrive on like an outlook uh, overlooking Camelot, they see that the city uh, around Camelot is on fire. Uh, so they they walk past more dead knights. They break into a house that looks it has to be Gwen's house, right? Like it looks. I think ex- it's Gwen's house. I think yeah. it's Gwen's house. Um, and because they're and by this point they're just looking for anybody. Weirdly enough, like they don't find an army and they don't find like really anything as they're approaching the the citadel or the castle. Um, and when they break into this house, out pops what they think is a villain, but no, it's our old friend, Elian, Gwen's brother. Mm-hmm. He tells so them... so hard to not say Elaine when I look at my notes. Ag- agreed. Yeah, mine, mine just go into all... I spell this dude's name. I, here's one with a Y for some reason. Why did I do that? Who knows? Um, he tells them about the army that is immortal. He tells them the Citadel has been taken. And of course, Arthur is getting more and more desperate, so he begins to limp his way back to the Citadel, where they break in, sneak around, uh, and he almost collapses at one point, where, and then Merlin has mm-hmm. to hold on to him. Uh, so they decide to split up. Merlin tells Gwen and Elian to check the dungeons for survivors. Uh, and I think Merlin tells them this. Sorry. And yeah, Merlin just takes charge. He just goes yeah. for it, um, which you, you love to see. And he's like, nope, Arthur, we're not going any further until we we treat your wound. So he like forces him to go back to the lab to be treated. Yes. Um, and they have to hide from some guards. It's classic kind of sneaking through the castle yeah. situation. We love classic it. Classic stuff. 
Uh, we finally make it back to the lab. Merlin leaves him out, starts looking for healing stuff, but there's a little rustle from the from the from the cupboard. It's a little it's a little rat rustle, if you know what I'm saying. Little rat rustle. Um, little stinky little rat unscrupulous rustle from the closet and they go and they, they check it out and of course it's Gaius helping no one and hiding away like a coward like a coward uh, no, of course of course we're, we're happy to see him um, they hug and um, Gaius quickly goes over and he checks Arthur's wound uh, and he just he gives him something I guess so that he can he can keep going so that yeah. he doesn't collapse <laughs> he gives him uh, milk of the peppy so that he can keep milk going milk of the peppy milk of the peppy um, yeah it's cocaine he gives him cocaine he gives um, him, <laughs> we're just saying it's snowing don't tell a your father about this here you go he, he's, it's snowing a Camelot tonight and Merlin's like what do you mean it's snowing I don't understand we're going skiing Merlin Merlin's like Merlin skiing. close your eyes I don't even know what that is why would we go skiing but is Arthur like a, Arthur being a rich white guy he's like I'm familiar I'm very familiar with these with these terminologies that you're using um, perhaps you would like to uh, for me to ingest some powder, Gaius. <laughs> uh, with that, he's ready to go. No, but uh, uh, Elian and Gawain, they are down in the dungeons and they spot Uther being dragged away. And yes. they come back to the lab to tell Arthur and Merlin that they saw Uther. Well, he's alive, which that's a plus. Uh, it, but he's being dragged towards what they think is the throne room. I love that they assumed this. Yes. Um, from the dungeons, and then, of, so which Ar- you would think like there's yeah. one exit from and leads to the rest of the castle. <laughs> Um, Arthur is like, okay, he starts to try and, and, and think of a plan here. And he tells them to head out towards the woods. I don't actually know why he tells them to go out there, but he's like, okay, go out here and I don't know, wait for us, get out of Camelot. Well, he tells um, like, go, you. go get any survivors and take them to the woods. Oh, that's like, right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they, he wants basically all uh, of the innocent people to get the fuck out of the way. And he is going to go to, uh, find Uther. And of course he's like, all right, yeah, Merlin, you go with them too. And Marilyn's like, nah, I think I'm gonna stay with you. And I just, I love it. I love it so much. The little moment where you, you know that Arthur's really glad that he's got somebody by his side. Um, it's just, you know, just these boys. I love these boys. You know, it's 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 a very good moment. I love Merlin's response of just like, nah, I've seen the woods already, and just like putting an arm around uh, Arthur to help him. It's definitely something that yeah. Arthur needed and potentially wanted but would never ever ever ask for uh, like he just would yeah. not be able to, to put the words together to be like merlin carry me to the throne room like arthur's not gonna and even merlin being like no i'm not letting you go there alone like that wouldn't work you know no. arthur has mm-hmm. too much pride so just the now nah, i've seen the woods already like it's just it's that perfect summation of, of their relationship and how they know each other um or at least how merlin knows arthur because arthur could you know learn a thing or two about merlin but i just i love this moment it's it's you know one of those things that gives this show that it's lifeblood and that heart and you love to see it. Um, Barlin also armors up a little bit. He goes and grabs his magic book and also the uh, weird vial that the king of something or another gave him a few episodes ago that I had forgotten completely about. So oh yeah yeah yeah. So he's he's got some tools on hand. He's got his he's got his instruments as the Sandman mm-hmm. would say. Um, they they sneak into the throne room and they watch as Uther is forced to kneel before Morgos. Um, Merlin is like having to hold back Arthur from just charging in, you know, immediately being killed. 
uh, Margos takes Uther's crown, and of course he says, you know, you have no right. He begins to yell, you have no right to the throne. And I'm like, homie, in the last episode, you told me you conquered this city. I don't think you have yeah. a right to the throne. Like, this doesn't make yeah, any sense to me. Yeah, somebody else can just conquer it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this seems, like, you guys have some pretty loose rules about who can be king for any given time, and it seems to be like whoever can kill the other king gets to have it. So, I don't know. Because there's no Pendragon dynasty. There's just Uther. And yeah, it's just, it's just Uther. Whoever remembers Uther's dad, who was a fucking lame. I don't know if y'all know that. Uther's, Uther's dad is a super racist, never heard real, of him. real never bad heard guy. Of him. There's a reason, Chris. There's a reason he's never brought up. He's super mean. Yeah, um, yeah. And then there's Arthur, who is, you know, the best pin dragon. Um, but as, as as he says this, as he says you have no right to the throne, enter Morgana. Uh, she has fully come out of her, of her good shell and has adopted um, her evil persona. So this is, this. we are yeah, now in the era. When, when Uther shouts, you have no right to the throne to Morgos, Morgana comes in and says, but I do. <laughs> and oh, fuck. Oh, I'm your daughter after all, she fuck. says. Like, oh, shit uther looks horribly betrayed arthur looks completely bewildered morgana just solid as a sheet of ice as she's like grab as she sits down in the in the throne um they force monmouth to take the um crown place it on her head swear in she is the queen of camelot uh morgana pendragon queen of camelot Uther struggles, uh, but Morgana and Morgos just smile, and that is when the episode ends without yeah. any sort of resolution. We are, we are, what? How the boy is going to get out of it, Chris? We don't Hell know. Hell of a cliffhanger. Hell of a. I don't remember, <laughs> and that's very exciting. As as I'm watching this, I am thinking I maybe I watched more into season four than I remember, but I don't remember how this resolves. So that's very exciting for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Um, I watched the the like the preview for the next episode, and man. You see fucking dragons and swords and, and magic flying around. You just can't help but get hype about Merlin seeing this. I, I'm so excited to talk about the next one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I, this, what, what a great episode. Like the, These dudes are just killing it with the season finales, Chris. I love it. This is, this is probably my favorite episode of the season. It, it was, And that's what you want out of a season finale. You want to leave a really off on a good note. And of course, you got one more, but man, great episode. I can't wait to watch the next one. Fantastic. Yeah, we, we definitely like this one. Um, and that's where we're going to end it. We're, we're done with the podcast, so now you can hear us talk about... What the fuck did we talk about in the outtakes this time? I don't even remember. We just started rambling. It was like a whole Public conversation. Public speaking? Braces. Public speaking? Yeah, yeah. If you want to hear our TED Talk, I guess, go, go into the outtakes yeah. with an open mind. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We very much appreciate you. Uh, thank you for continuing to listen and support us. Uh, we very much appreciate it. I uh, hope everybody is doing extremely well, or at least as well as possible. Uh, if you're lonely during the holiday times, because it can be a fucked up time for a lot of people, uh, reach out, chat with us. I'm usually on Twitter and I can't leave. Um, if you're on Discord, come hang out with us on Discord. So <laughs> They won't let me. <laughs> I know. It won't let me leave. I, I cannot. Elon has, has stopped my ability to log out of Twitter, which is a real bummer. So. Bummer. Bummer. Uh, we'll be back next week with the conclusion of season three. See you then, everybody. Bye. Thank you.
What's up, Chris Moser? Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? You can't. <laughs> okay. Why wouldn't you be able to hear hmm. me? You can hear me, but I cannot hear you. Let me make sure. Test, this test, test. Is using yeah. my uh-huh. headphones. It's working. <clears throat> I just ate a cookie, so the throat's a little, you know. I was having some cookies too. Up. I was having some cookies. As, had, as, a, as you know, you say it all the time. Feeling a little cookied up. Yeah, I do so say that. I feel that. right now a little yeah. cookied up. I have. I had two cookies. Okay, let's see. Testing. Testing. Oh, there he is. Hey, I just had a cookie too. Oh, you're all, you're all cookie. We're both up, all cookied brother. up. <laughs> do I sound like I'm using my microphone, or do I sound like something's up? No, you sound good. Okay. I um Autumn's taste is weird since she had COVID, and it's mm. really frustrating because one of the few joys in Autumn's life is uh food, <laughs> and it's like me, food, yeah. horses, and that's really about it. That's all she's got going for her right now. Um. And so she asked me to get her like some, she's like, I don't know why, but I'm like having this like chocolate thing. Can you pick me up some chocolate snacks? And mm. I was like, sure. So I got like some chocolate fudge bars and I got like a Hershey's, you know, milk chocolate bar. And I got these weird little, they called them fudge and chocolate chip cookies. Uh, and they mm. taste, they're not good. They're not, oh. they're not good cookies. <laughs> But I keep eating them. <laughs> like, I have one, and mm. I'm like, man, I, this just doesn't taste right. This is not good. And then I go immediately go for a second one. <laughs> like, I've done it three days in a row so far. <laughs> it happens. Sometimes it just feels good in your mouth, even if it doesn't taste good. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> take, that, take that as you will, but it's true about certain foods. You just, I just like, you know, just like chewing on it or whatever. I don't know. We're, we're all animals. Who knows? We're all animals. I am, that does uh, suck about the, the COVID thing. The, yeah. with the with the taste buds. I'm glad it's her and not me, to be honest with you. <laughs> so. yeah. I, th- thanks, my taste was never affected. I, you know, I told you about the whole smell mm-hmm. situation, um, which came back in a dramatic fashion. I won't repeat that story. But so far, um, I haven't. Well, well, you and I just talked to each other yesterday. So, mm-hmm. but I, or what? No, two days ago. Two um, days ago. Mm-hmm. I haven't developed any new symptoms since then, and I can still taste and smell. So, um, you know, that's good. That's a bonus because if I lost my sense of taste, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, I um, I'm, I'm glad it's her and not me. Uh, she lost her sense of smell once, uh, like it was one night because we had these scented candles, and uh, she was like, "I can't," because I I'd, I'd, I'd handed her I had a new bourbon, uh, so I was like, "Hey, try this bourbon," and she usually like sniffs it before she, she she's like, "That doesn't smell like anything," and she tasted it, she could taste it, and then she went to the candles and was like, "I can't smell anything," um, and then. Immediately after COVID, I went to Chicago for two weeks and stayed where there was just basically like a hospital cafeteria. And I kept complaining to her that the food was bad. And then she was like, I think my f- taste has dramatically changed since COVID. And I was like, uh-oh, maybe mine has too. But no, no, it's safe and sound. The food ho- the food was just that bad. <laughs> the food was just not satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Nothing yeah. to do with so me. Just, so she just like not enjoying stuff the same way that she did before? Yeah, yeah. Like she made uh, one of our favorite dishes, which we call conchigle, uh, which is just basically like a meat sauce and some pasta. Uh, uh, and it's, it's just our, one of our go-tos. Like, hey, do you want to knock this out real quick? And it's always extremely tasty. It's like Italian sausage and a cream sauce with some Parmesan on it. It's really delicious. I'm getting hungry talking about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Mouth's filling with water, which is not good for podcasting. And she said she made it, and she was like, this just doesn't taste good. <laughs> and then she finally put two and two together. So, 
You have to test next time though, just to see like you both eat it, and if it still doesn't taste right, then you'll know it's it's the taste buds and not the cooking. Yeah, since I mean, since I got home, we've cooked um, a couple of times, and like we had hamburgers one night, and she made spaghetti and meatballs on Sunday night, um, and everything's tasting great to me, but I think her her taste buds are just a little out of whack somehow. It's not good. It's not great. At least it's you know maybe she can she can learn to love it in a new way. You know the the thing that I had to relearn. Was, there's no pleasant way around it. It wasn't pleasant before and it wasn't pleasant after, but it's different and that makes it worse. So again, we will, will not speak of it. <laughs> it's just bad all the way around, all the way down. You know, the, the worst thing I'm dealing with right now is just how sniffly I am. I can just feel the sniffles. You know, you just you do you do sound like you're like a day that. from getting a cold. Is what has what the yeah. way your voice sounds yeah. right now. Yeah, and it's you know it's a little cold in here because again. 250 year old house every window open because it's you know and it's 28 degrees out on the verge of a snowstorm so that could be that could be responsible for for a little bit of some of it but but still (laughs) nothing worse than the sniffles i don't notice the sniffles as much now because like if i'm at work i have my headphones on Mm -hmm. but back in like in school if everybody's taking a Uh, test and some kids got the sniffles or honestly god forbid you have the sniffles and, and like I would guy. be so self-conscious about every two seconds going, oh, what was even worse? This is now just reminding me the day that I first got my retainer or, or whatever it was, some, you know, braces related thing put in um, and my mouth would not stop watering. Yeah. I had, oh, I had a pallet expander when I was a kid. Do you know what that is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you put a key in, you had to turn the lock and it was all intense, but it made my mouth go crazy. So I was literally doing like that, like cartoon thing of like, hi, um, yeah, <laughs> I won't do it again. Sorry. Uh, but it was a very, very intense and unpleasant thing. And the next day going to school and there was a science test and the room was quiet and I kept doing it and it was awful. Now, thankfully, it was like chill enough in there that everybody was just kind of giggling about it. And like nobody was making fun of you or giving me a hard time because I was laughing about it, too. But God, it was. Oh, and then that night I used to have to go to CCD, which was like the um, like Sunday school, essentially. But it was during the week. And. Went to that the night that night as well. We all had to like go in and pray, and I already don't want to be there. This is already a situation I'm uncomfortable in. So we're all silently head spout, and I'm like, <laughs> the whole fucking time it was a nightmare. Oh my god, I hate that dude. I hate that. I you know that that's up there with like somebody smacking gum, or just general mouth sounds if you're in a quiet spot. Just somebody like doing just like doing the the lip flap thing, like the mm-hmm. or something like constantly. I just. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Just like if when when I eat with my dad, like we gotta have a TV on or something. You can't, (laughs) can't stand the mouth noises. (laughs) I feel you on that, dude. I I don't think I've. He's a robust eater. I don't think I've ever eaten with my dad when there wasn't a distraction around. Like we're in a either a restaurant uh, for lunch and it's like noisy, or we're all talking or something. Like there's never a situation Mm -hmm. where we're both quietly just like tucking into a ham or anything. So I will talk just to avoid, just to get it in there. Yeah. Just, just to be able to say that not have to listen to anything. So I don't know. I've probably talked about my, all of my braces woes on here before. I don't think it's, you have a single time, to be honest with you. That's the first time I've ever really? heard you, you used to talk about a palate expander. So I wonder if I just like put this all out of my memory. I had braces for six or seven years. But it wasn't when I was like, you know, 10 to 17 or whatever. I got them when I was 14 or 15, and I got them off when I was 20. So whatever the math was, I don't, it doesn't matter anymore. But I had them, I had them in college. I went to braces with college. I had some booked up teeth. Uh, my whole mouth was just a, was just a disaster. And 
when I got the palate expander, like I find out about it, like, oh, your palate's not wide enough. Your teeth aren't coming in properly. Like we need to do some shit. So they strap this like just metal thing to the inside of my palate. And then I literally had to stick a key. And there's people out there. I'm sure we've had this happen. Uh, so you have to stick a key in and like rotate it. And every time you rotate the key, it expands your mouth a little more. <laughs> You're like stretching the bones <laughs> of your mouth. It's um, horrifying. And horrifying. So apart, apart from the whole, you know, uh, thing that I had to deal with. Mm-hmm. I also lost sixty pounds because you just didn't want to use. Because I was, I mean, mouth. I was an overweight like teenager, so like losing sixty pounds was like the best thing that ever happened to me. But um, I lost sixty pounds because I could not eat anything. I, I would like. I remember a couple nights later being so frustrated trying to eat pizza that I I was just like in tears. I was like, I just want to eat this oh, fucking pizza. I'm fucking fourteen horrible, and dude. crying because I can't eat pizza because everything got stuck and it was it was a nightmare. Um but yeah, then I went to fucking college with nothing like I like I lived there. Like I move in. Like I mean I got a roommate. I'm talking to people, meeting I, I didn't go to school with any of my friends. I didn't know anybody. I had to make all new friends there. I had the Morrissey haircut and that's like it was mm. like my whole thing was like that. And it was that's not a good start to no, begin with no um and then and then i would open my i mean it would be fine be like i have my mouth closed everything's normal i can't grow a beard yet also so that's just like i look different you know um and then i'd open my mouth and i would just be like you know razor blades it was a lot it was a lot to deal with and um and, and i think at a certain point my orthodontist just was like f- like fuck you <laughs> let's let's make this I'm worse just take, i'm just taking them off now <laughs> Like I don't even want more of your money. I'm just fucking taking. Them yeah, we're off. done. Because yeah. they weren't, they weren't perfect. They still aren't perfect. Like they're they're passable. They're fine. But they they were never perfect because he just gave up. He was just like, oh, I can't. I just can't fucking do it anymore. I have a very stubborn mouth. I don't know what my problem is. I have all of my wisdom teeth currently. Um, I use them. They're in use, mm-hmm. <laughs> as as God intended. Just cause it just shows it's just something's wrong with my mouth. Mark like is everybody a, gets their wisdom teeth removed. Mark is like seventy seven or seventy eight, and he, we just removed his wisdom teeth the other day. Damn, um, me and Autumn did Damn. it at the house. It's kind of a DIY thing. No, I'm kidding. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, we, that's the only thing. It's like, are these suckers gonna get like infected if I don't like if I don't get them out? Let them. You know what? If that's what gets me, that's what gets me. You gotta you gotta live your life. In his you case, you can't the, worry about every single little thing. His just started hurting, and like food was getting caught in there and causing weird infections and stuff. Yeah. So the dentist was like, "We got to do it," and I was like, "Okay, that's pretty good. Let's do it." I do occasionally. I'll have like two days every couple months where they they ache. It's like they're pushing in a little bit further. <laughs> That's and, not good. And then I'm like, no, I'm good. And my dentist is like, well, definitely got to take those out. And I was like, sounds good. And then I'm not calling back about that. <laughs> I um, I never had braces as a kid. Um, and I chalk it up to not, not hitting the dentist on a regular, regular basis. Uh, like mm. just growing up a little poor, maybe. Um, which is no shame in that. But like definitely braces weren't, weren't happening. And then I was dating a girl one time. And... Um, we were like laying in a bed or, or like on the couch or something. And she just looked at me. She goes, you definitely should have had braces as a kid, huh? And I was oh, like, God. fuck you. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, I mean, I, I, didn't mean I, didn't, I didn't say that out loud because, you know, she was a girl and she was spending time with me. Yeah. So that was important. But I was just sure, like, sure, fuck sure. off <laughs> in my head. And then I was like, yes, baby, to her face. Because I was like, oh, yeah. I need oh, to keep course, this thing going. Um, um, yeah, I, I never, I was, I was glad to avoid all of that stuff. But I, I have a... I have an overbite. Um, mm. That's not significant to like cause problems or anything, but it's like significant significant enough to be noticeable anytime somebody looks at my mouth. So 
Interesting. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever taken a good hard look in there. Um. <laughs> this is. I was just thinking, like, this is one of the things that's weird about you and I, who have been telling each other our most inner secrets for about seven years. But we've now. never looked at each but other's we, mouths. We've never. I was just saying this. I was just thinking this the other day. We've never. never we've never mouths. seen the inside of each other's mouth, ever, ever, in a, a single time. Hey, listener out there, if you're thinking about your, you know, your your partner or your best friend, just stop and think for a second. Have you ever taken a good hard look inside their mouth? Maybe, maybe consider that next time you see them. Yeah, get in the. Just get, just in, get there. in there. Just see get just up. get in there. If they say no, like, do you really want to be with that person? Right, right. What's, right? What are they hiding? What's going on? Yeah. What's the What's the big secret? What's you know in what there? I mean? um, Let me see it. You know, so if you can share your secrets, you can share your. Um, you know what? Let's start a social media trend. Mom. Let's start like a. I don't. Yeah. Th- I don't think this is yeah. suitable for TikTok, but like maybe this could be like a Twitter thing, um, where people just open their mouths, take a picture of the little dangly thing in the back of their throat, and then just post that. Sure. Of course, sure. now that I'm saying that out loud, that's probably somebody's like weird fetish, right? Like absolutely, that's a fetish. Yeah, that's yeah. Absolutely I just, a fetish. I just, I, I, I was so had funny. that thought. The- yeah, because I mean, like I just remember uh, Jess saying that she had the hiccups one day, and people were like, the, "Hey, um, the, like hiccup, <laughs> hiccup master zero zero one, fucking swooping in, being like, do you think you could? Do you think you could? Do you think you could post a video of you with no. the hiccups? No. Oh my god. Does it does it make your tummy rise when you do a hiccup? What? <laughs> Like the most mad I've ever gotten on Twitter, besides the time that that dude from that podcast got mad at you for spelling the name wrong or whatever. Yes, yeah, you were very angry at that dude. I appreciate you I'm taking. So it mad for at me. that guy. It's on site. If I ever see him, I'll smack him across the face. Open yeah, hand. God forbid. Open hand. That's not. That's not that violent. It's just disrespectful. Okay. I think you're the type of person that would get tickets to like a live show of Welcome to Night Vale for Christmas or something. So you, this yeah. could actually yeah. have, you could you could accidentally run into this guy at some point in your life. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Dude, I'd sit. For, I'd sit front row make eye contact never break eye contact and not say a fucking word don't smile no emotion <laughs> give them nothing you know what's what's worse than that as a performer to look at to just look at a dead eye person in yeah. the crowd yeah. you know when, when i was in college we i used to say to other people in my classes because we were a very small relatively close-knit crew um i'd be like hey if you're nervous just look at me and i'm gonna pretend like i'm really interested and that will give you the confidence to continue doing your presentation without stuttering or whatever. Because you look at me and you realize, oh, this guy's fucking loving it. This guy's loving it. I'm going to keep going. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lose it. Because that would be the worst for me. I'm you know, super nervous public speaker. I'd get up there in front of the class. Nobody's fucking looking at you. Which you would think would help. But somehow it doesn't. Somehow it makes it worse. Um, so engaging always helps. So I would do the opposite with this motherfucker. Whatever his name is. Yeah. I'd be eyes locked. Eyes locked. Given no I'd energy full, whatsoever. Full hater energy. He would know from a mile away. He'd be like, what is this hater doing to my audience security security we got a hater we got a say, hater on premises did i tell you about the presentation i did the other day for work that was just a fucking catastrophe i think you mentioned it uh i mean just like imagine a room full of people number one they brought me in like to talk about my job and then none of the people in the audience had anything to do with my job like they were just wonderful just like job adjacent maybe right like yeah. um so normally i do a lot of like when i do presentations that do a lot of like audience engagement where I, you know hey who here has a blah 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 and hey what are your what do you think like and everybody and usually like when i talk about this stuff it's relatively like modern technology so i get a lot of questions so like i was booked for i think 45 minutes to an hour uh presentation like over and done in 20 minutes <laughs> gotten gotten no feedback from anybody counted like oh. four people in the audience sleeping uh, oh. just begging for somebody to like engage whatsoever looked at like the organizer and was like hey man I'm, I'm sorry I guess let him out for lunch early see you later <laughs> I'm leaving <Yeah. laughs> and like 
I, I called uh, the dude afterwards and I'm like, hey man, I like this is the third because it was the third presentation I've done for this particular like organization, and it's the third time that that's happened where like nobody there was was like it for and, my like, job. Nobody's giving you anything at all. Like that's Nothing. brutal. Yeah, it's it was absolutely brutal. So I had to tell the guy like, hey, look, I, it's not because. Like, I, let us come in and talk about anything else. Like, I, I don't think I'm a good fit for this. Like, nobody is learning anything. Like, it's 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 miserable for all parties. No. I drove yeah. two and a half hours. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't handle. It. I had to give a like a couple years ago. I had to just like give a pep talk to everybody at work because we had this big situation going on and and somebody was out. So I was like, okay, I got to take charge here. I gather everybody into a room and I start telling everybody the issue. And I could just tell nobody's really fucking listening, and I'm losing steam quickly. <laughs> I mean, I do it on the podcast even where I start to lose my train of thought and it's hard for me to get back on track. Um, and I am I'm looking at this crew and I can tell nobody's paying attention. And I turn, I make eye contact with this random woman who I don't know. She gives me like half a nod and then I was back into it. That's all I needed was half the nod. Was That's just it. Like, okay, some, all right, somebody's pretending to listen. I can do this. I can keep moving. You, just need, keep you moving. just need a little bit of energy. I remember I, I, yeah. I thought about you the other day because uh, you told me at one point that when you were doing, you were in meetings that you would find yourself verbalizing in the middle of a meeting oh. because you did think that, because you were so used to doing the podcast to let the other person know that you're like there and listening so that to, you know, prevent like, Hey, do I need to, did you catch that? Are we disconnected problems or whatever? Like yeah. <laughs> you're such a pro to do it on the podcast that you're now doing it in real time and like in person, yeah. which is not the place to do that at all. Like just no. the idea of you just sitting back there going, uh, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh, like loudly enough for everybody yeah. to hear. <laughs> I'm always so coming funny. back and like and I'll get myself muted half the time, mm. like especially if I'm if I'm at home or whatever. And thus I'll be unmuting and being like, right, right. And then I and then I mute myself again. I just like I can't I can't handle the silence. We like I'm used to a rhythm now. And so if it's just dead quiet, that I, I don't know how to handle. And I don't know how that other people handle it. Clearly like before me, my department was silent. Because I joined <laughs> these meetings as the lowest level that was part of these meetings at a certain point years ago and i said nothing because i was the lowest level and it would just be fucking dead silent and it to me that's so awkward so i'd be i slowly over time started piping in sometimes i hit him with a joke but you got to know when it's okay to joke you can't be joking all the time this isn't a podcast at least i got that much down um i do tend to get a little silly sometimes though because you know I it's get po- that it's, podcast. It's energy podcast energy, yeah, yeah. And especially like it's 11 a.m. You know, I had like I'm out two cups of coffee in, uh-huh, so I'm, like, I'm coffee, uh-huh. Chris. You haven't it's eaten not lunch afterwards, so you're not like you're yeah. you know your system isn't crashing or anything. You're still in that like right. hi, I should be writing a play kind of energy at 11 a.m. Right. <laughs> That's how I feel at 11 a.m. Is that I should be writing a play. Um, <laughs> it's, you give me two cups of coffee, and put me in a car. That, like, I have every single creative idea known to man, and then you yeah. immediately take take me home, and I'm like, oh. I guess I'll play mm. Xbox because <laughs> that's the yeah. thing that I'll do yeah. now. Oh, um, anyway, <laughs> these are the skills that podcaster has taught me. Um, speaking of podcast skills, did you see that someone added us on Monster Week today to complain about the fact that we uh, keep kept calling Rowena the wrong nationality? I think we're calling. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I'm sorry. This is going to get a lot worse for you. <laughs> this is it never gets I, better. Because I mean, <laughs> yeah, we never, we never. I don't think ever just say, okay, it is Scottish. No, we just start doing everything else. And that now, even when I think about it, I don't know because we joked about it too too much. Like it could be the most clear Scottish accent of all time, and I would still be like, is, uh, is it, it Irish? Is there it, is it Irish? Like, it, it could this, be Irish. At this point, I don't know where the bit ends and the and the yeah. concern begins. You know, and I also, would. 
I would you know, have, I would much rather lean into the bit where I don't know anything than have to be right. Like I would I would right, rather nobody right, have any right. expectation of me ever getting anything accurately, and then every time I do, they're pleasantly surprised. Then the opposite thing, where I'm, where they're trying and to I hold know, me up to know, some standard. I've listened to people do bad Boston accents or whatever, and you'd be like, okay, you clearly have no idea what you're doing. Um, but like the truth is, like I can barely tell the difference between different American accents. So how am I gonna tell the difference between different European accents? I don't live there, you know. You're not gonna I'm do not it. Exposed to it that much. Um, it's not gonna happen, my friend. Like I couldn't. T- like I have, I have family in Arkansas, and I know you in Louisiana. But I can't necessarily like if I heard somebody else from Arkansas talk or somebody else from Louisiana talk, I wouldn't be able to be like, <laughs> oh, I know you're from here. Uh, not that you have much of an accent anyway. But <laughs> I did. I, still, uh, it's like I had to do a board meeting the other night. Um, and a board meeting is just exactly what it sounds like. There's a group of people that run a water system, and you have to go like talk to them about something. Um, mm. And they had they had gotten a new board member. Uh, and this dude had the most hillbilly fucking accent I had ever heard in my entire fucking life. They were talking about like having to pay for maintenance on a truck and getting new tires. And this dude, I don't know if you've heard like straight up hillbilly stuff before, but like they, they're, you, they're way higher pitched than you would expect. So he's like up here. He's like, yeah, buddy, we're going to go get him to make the Walmart, get them fucking tires. <laughs> like he's, he's like weirdly like uh, screechy uh, and, and oh man, it was just, it, and me and my, my coworker, my sales guy, we're just like glancing at each other going, oh my God, dude. Cause he's, the, he's a similar way to me. Like he grew up, and yeah. like Cajun culture even more than I did, but like he doesn't have any kind of accent whatsoever. So it's it's I think yeah. it's part of being raised on like TV and internet, right? You just hear like the American voice. And at least I feel like that's from I mean, I do have a Boston accent, but when I'm being careful and speaking succinctly, I feel like it doesn't come through quite as much. I think it does slip through a lot, but more than I think it does. But um, I don't know. Maybe that's just that's just an idea. I think for just, me, I, I learned from the TV. I, I grew up in North Louisiana, um, and North Louisiana is is commonly referred to as just South Arkansas. But it turns to like <laughs> when it comes to like any kind of culture that Louisiana, any kind of cultural cachet that Louisiana might have. Hmm. Like if you talk about Acadiana, or you're talking about Creoles, you're talking about food, or any, none of that exists. Like for half the state it's all like south louisiana right. um so for me growing up it was very specifically trying not to speak like everybody around me spoke and like trying to sure. just na- neutralize it as possible because i remember being on the phone in the fifth grade with uh, a friend of mine had moved to it can't be the fifth grade it had to be like eighth grade or something um anyway but my friend of mine had moved to boston actually she went to some like theater school in boston or some shit and uh I was on the phone with her and one of her friends got on the phone and they were making me say different words and cracking up at it. Like they made me say the word wow. tractor and then they would just screech laughter. And I was like, Nope, <laughs> this is not ever happening yeah. again. Like it's, I, it's not fun. <laughs> this That's is not, not fun. Nope. I'm just, done with this. It just feels bad. That just yeah. feels bad. Uh, yeah. I tried. I, I didn't want to have a Boston accent because my older sister seemed to really lean into it a lot. The middle sister, you know, she always wanted attention. So it's just the way it goes. Um, she always had a Boston accent. All of her friends, they like, oh, that's wicked dumb kid. Like that's wicked dumb. Like they mm-hmm. really, they really went into it, mm-hmm. and um, I hated it. And I thought that they sounded so ignorant and so uncool. So I wanted to not sound to be the opposite. Like that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but now I just, I don't, I don't take enough care to really think about it anymore. <laughs> I also just think it's kind of funny to lean into it a little bit. So yeah, I found myself. Um... Like there's there's certain words I'm picking up, which is like an autumn even caught me the other day because I was saying yeah like I think it was yesterday I was saying that 
like yesterday or something. Like I was, I was doing something weird with that. She was like, why are you talking <laughs> like that? And I was like, oh, I think like my coworker says that my coworkers say that all the time and I'm just picking it yeah. up naturally. Cause I'm a, you know, a born mimic, um, I guess. And I don't know. So I try to, I try to correct for room all the time. Oh I yeah. Say rum. rum. Yeah. I say rum big time. It's weird that, cause that's a new Orleans thing. That's like a North bank, oh, new really? Orleans thing or South bank. Either one. It doesn't matter. Uh, like there's, there's a, there's like, like a whole section of New Orleans that say rum like that. And it's, I've always thought that was very weird huh. that it can, because it's just the same way that you guys do it up there. And it's very strange. I never knew I did it. And I think that Jess pointed it out because she's from Rhode Island, which isn't that different, but there is a slight, there is a slight difference in certain words she says where I'm like, that's not how we say that. Well, so um, it, it, it sounds like it's pretty close, but they just think that they're better than you just from going by what I can see yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. just haughty. Yeah. Well, well, Rhode Island, you're just a stinky little, not even island. You're, you're not even an island. <laughs> what are you doing? Not even an island. That's false. You're the smallest state in the U.S. Okay, Rhode Island. There's a uh, there's a town here called Coyell, Louisiana, um, except it's spelled C O L Y E L L, which should be like Coyell instead of. But everybody calls it Coyell, and I always call it the city so dumb it doesn't know how to pronounce its own name because it's just filled with redneck inbred hillbillies. That's, that's tough. And yeah, yeah tough. I just we, feel like that about Rhode Island of like it's the state so dumb that it called itself a fucking island. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so much of New England is just like stolen native land. So we have a lot of yeah. towns and and landmarks that have like Native American names that are are still very difficult to pronounce. And then we have everything like like Worcester, Worcester. Um, but it's spelled, you know, completely differently than that because we stole everything from England. So yes, people in yes. New England, mm-hmm. we just stole from the from the people whose land we took and the people whose land we came from. So we have nothing original except for Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. D- okay, Dunkin'. Dunkin' is ours, Ma. <laughs> Dunkin' is ours. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I was watching some like random TikTok the other day. It was uh, Julian Baker? She's a she's a musician. She was saying like Dunkin's is like the 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 people's coffee. Like, yeah. it's not as good as Starbucks, <laughs> but it's the people's coffee. What was it? Because you could get like sixty four ounces for four dollars or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just this like this just mud water. There's they're everywhere. Like nobody's in there working, do, writing their novel on their laptop in a Dunkin' Donuts. That's not happening. It's just people going in there because they want coffee or they have diarrhea and they need to make a pit stop. My uh, my dad was all over the Dunkin' Mocha bottles because that's just one of the things they happened to sell up at that hospital. Oh. And he just kept every time I would go downstairs, and he'd be like, "Give me a Dunkin' Mocha," and I'm like, "Okay, that's weird, but okay. I mean, I guess you're allowed. I don't know." Uh, my uncle from Arkansas, who he grew up here. Dunkin' Donuts is his favorite thing in the world. They didn't have them in Arkansas. So every time he comes to visit, even now, he goes to get coffee so many times a day. And he'll be like, you want another coffee? He'll be like, no, it's 6 p.m. And you got me two earlier. Like, I can't do another. (laughs) He all day. And then they finally open one in Arkansas only for them to close down a few years later because nobody in Arkansas goes to Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, nobody. It's devastating. It's just not a thing here. We have, uh, I've seen like Dunkin' like branding on the inside of a convenience store where they do like yeah. they must like ship it f- stuff frozen or packaged coffee or whatever mm-hmm. to these places then they can put the name up but i've never i don't think i've ever actually been to a straight up duncan before yeah and also it, it is just duncan now it's not dunkin donuts anymore yeah, they rebranded away they're dunkin everything over there now it's not they're not you're not still just have, we still have the original dunkin donuts it's got gold 
plating. It doesn't have the usual branding. It's a few towns <laughs> over from me. I, um, it's, it's really fancy. I uh, I used to live right next to the very first Raising Canes that was ever ever built Ooh. on LSU campus. And when um when our friend B Wade came in to visit me a few years back, uh, he's a big Raising Canes fan, and I was like, oh well, let me take you. I'll go take you to the first one. <laughs> and yeah. it's such a shithole because it's just in like you know it's a college like really really condensed right. dense area. It's a hundred years old college. Yeah, restaurant. like I mean, it's just like the, like this little shanty shack on the side. But man, like <laughs> at three a.m. every single night, that place was fucking packed. So. Yeah. We should yeah. talk about Merlin because we've been talking for almost 30 minutes and not about Merlin, yeah. so we, we should and do... I'm still sniffly, so let's get this going. Merlin, 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 I'm begging of you, please don't tip my cake. Merlin. Yeah.